Hello, and welcome to the one where we talk about TV, a podcast where we talk about TV. I am Patrick, here with five of my dearest co-workers to discuss one of our favorite TV shows, The Office. Um, as always, we have watched the same five episodes of The Office and are here to talk about them. Um, I'll pass it over to Henry to tell a little bit about why we chose The Office. Great question. Why did we choose this particular show? I think it's fair to say we all... Well, I won't I'll speak for myself. I am a big fan of the show. I think it's hilarious. We all happen to work in an office. <laughs> so, you know, that's relevant to us. But I was saying before we started recording that this show is relatable to probably almost anyone, even if you haven't worked in an office. This show came out when I was in high school, so I had seen it before I ever started working in an office. But just my experience in school, and what I was saying earlier, experience in life, and just the the constant barrage of bullshit was the term I used. <laughs> I took that actually from the beloved George Harrison, uh, <laughs> who just was talking about in life, you know, all this stuff you have to deal with. And I think that this show really sort of makes fun of that. So that for me is... is but it's a great show, as we'll dig into here. I should also say, with us today, obviously there's Henry, myself, Patrick, we have Stephanie, hey. Sarah, and of course, the illustrious Shannon. Your five best friends. Uh, yeah, there's five of us. There's four and then one. Well, he's his own best friend. He's his own best friend. I am my yeah. own best friend. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Um, I love that Sarah gave a wave for her <laughs> intro in the podcast. She is here. Um, in spirit. Yeah. I would also like to say and that also in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Both things are true. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> or he. We um, did, I think in the in the episodes or the weeks previous to this, all of us have chosen maybe one of our own particular individual favorite shows. But I think when we mentioned that this, this would qualify for all of us as in the top favorite shows. Is that correct? This is yes. a community choice. This is a community mm-hmm. choice. This is our first community choice. Number one favorite television comedy. For you. For me. Sarah mm-hmm. says number one. Where would it rank for you, Henry? I don't do favorites. I don't do rankings. But it's up there. It's a solid B plus. <laughs> Let me just ask you in relation to Cheers. Like, do you like it better or like... Well, I, that's, I like them both a lot. And I like the British version too, so... I don't have a favorite child. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. A nothing statement. Shannon? <clears throat> Top three. Probably number one, but well, what's it contending with? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is just hot seat. Such a, such a tough <clears throat> question. Definitely contending with, well, I think we've talked about this in the past. Parks and Rec mm-hmm. is also one of my top favorites. Um, oh, my gosh. I guess as far as television comedy, this is probably my favorite. This is my favorite modern television comedy. God, Golden Girls is like my favorite nostalgic Classic. throwback. Yeah, but this is my favorite modern. I've seen it all the way through twice. Is there anyone in the room who has not seen The Office all the way through? I have not. Loser. I'm not sure I finished them after Michael left. Maybe I did. I've seen Maybe. it all the way through at least six times. Holy shit. Yeah. Do you, wow. What... It's just always in the background, always turning it on in times of comfort. In times where comfort is needed, in times of celebration. For every season, there is an office episode. <laughs> do you? I'm just always watching it. Do you the, mean like watch it straight through, like start to finish? Yes. Like I have seen The Office from episode one to the to the last episode all the way through twice. 
I've sat down and like watched it. Over. I will. I will say I want to. This has been this like doing my. Yeah, homework I watch it for like once show. a year, usually. I was scared. Oftentimes, Sarah and I, when we are hanging out and have no idea what we're gonna do, just watch themed episodes of The Office. Mm-hmm. So we'll watch all of the Halloween episodes or all of the Christmas episodes. It's a great idea. We've done that multiple times. Yeah, I realized I, there there are episodes I haven't seen at all, and I've definitely never watched it straight through. This was on. Um, I feel like it was always on in the background. I never, when it was currently on TV, I I didn't actually sit down and watch it. It's always been, I've always watched it in rerun. What do you guys love about The Office? Everyone always says they love it, but what specifically do you love about it? I love that they, like, really just drill home how shitty it is to work. (laughs) (laughs) like what a terrible job they all have and it all sucks but they're there all the time and I just feel like that's the most relatable thing is that they are just all there making the best out of a stupid job and finding humor in the banal everyday existence of working in a beige office doing a dumb unimportant job I just really relate to that why? <laughs> Our office is not beige, so clearly you can't be yeah, talking about. We're in a blue room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, just one sassy blue wall. Sorry. Um. Yes, I would agree with that. I, um, I think that the idea of finding, um, the humor in the mundane, in the everyday, in the um, sort of office environment, um is like an, like a, I think that sort of in the 2000s and the 90s it was like kind of a, a big um, <laughs> an important uh, switch in the comedy world and I appreciate it it's hilarious to me it is um, I think one of the reasons I didn't actually watch I just realized this I didn't actually watch um, the office when it came out was because I had been such a big fan of the British Office, I was one of those really annoying people who was like, well, I'm not going to watch it because there's no way it can compete. Um, And the first episodes were actually like literally the same script. Mm -hmm. So what I actually really like about it is that once I ended up like giving it a chance, I feel like it is such a different show than the British version and the the humor in in the Ricky Gervais um, is so distinctly British, I feel like, and the humor in The Office with the Michael Scott version is so distinctly American. And I actually feel like, exactly like you said, it is so representative of all of our lives. And there's some common themes, you know, Slough and Scranton and obviously being just sort of nothing towns. Um, but it is really relatable, as Henry said in his intro, regardless of... There's like the idea of middle management and made up titles and hilarious um, finding like a diversity training, just <laughs> ridiculous and sexual harassment trainings because they are so poorly done. So it is a great show. I'll say that the acting in this is like another level compared to sitcoms. I think sitcoms have a rap for being kind of like comfy but the acting isn't always up to par and in this it's like you get the written humor you get the jokes that the writers are trying to portray but you also get the facial expression of the person delivering the joke you get everybody responding to it in their different ways and it's just like 
it's just another level for me. Part of that too is they like revolutionized the format, I think, in a way with like the uh, with the British version um, that the American version does, and then sto- shows started to imitate, you know, when a character would like look at the camera, stuff like that. So the um, mockumentary, yeah, the mockumentary <clears throat> thing. To the uh, my favorite part is just the ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Like it's got such a good cast of characters that even the small characters you still care about, like. There's a lot of shows where I'm not invested in the Stanleys and the Merediths and the Phyllises, but I like all of the characters. Like, I I want them all to show up in episodes. Um, and I think maybe, like, when we watched Cheers, I felt that way a lot, too. But there are some shows you watch, and you're like, oh, this auxiliary character, I just wish they weren't there. In The Office, I like all of the auxiliary Are we going to talk characters today? <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, can I bring up an example of that from the shows, that one of the five that we watched, Casino Night... Creed, Brad, <laughs> <laughs> like I think head to head, some of the office characters in the British and American version. I think the British uh, version of that character wins out. Like for me, Gareth is a funnier character than than Dwight is, but hands down, the like the ensemble and the auxiliary characters such as Creed and Meredith and Angela and all those that that don't they don't even show up in the, the there's only 13 episodes of the British version but yeah there's no Creed equivalent there's no Creed, yeah, yeah, Creed yeah. equivalent but his like yeah I just like to steal stuff He's a casino night yes he's just like casually <laughs> yeah, taking that was great. stuff or in that same casino night um, Kevin like getting beat by Phyllis like I don't know I love that I love I really have a soft spot for Kevin just in general one of the funniest moments to me in all of the office is an intro where Kevin brings in chili, oh and oh he, he's so excited, and he dumps it everywhere. Jake and I, my partner and I, often just, like, talk about how funny that is randomly. <laughs> like, remember that beginning of The Office with the chili? Scooping it up. Is there anybody that, because for a lot of the shows, like, there's a character that you just hate in the sitcoms that we've watched. Is there anybody that doesn't have, like, a little bit of something endearing? In this show, I don't like what they did with Kevin's character at all, and I feel like that was bad, a bad writing misstep. I think he started out as like this oaf, like this lovable oaf who was still competent, and they transitioned him all the way to basically developmentally delayed. <laughs> like, they went too far, yes. and at the end of the show, um, even starting like midway, maybe season five, um, I was just out on the, the writing for, for Kevin and was not interested. Like it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the show, but I feel like they really screwed the pooch with that one. We haven't got, we didn't watch any of these episodes, but, uh, no, we did. Maybe I don't remember. Gabe. Gabe is probably <laughs> my least, like Gabe is the one that I'm like, oh, just kill him off. I don't. I loved him. Oh, I like I him too. Gabe and watching Silicon Valley now yes. makes me appreciate uh, yeah. watching those shows. Like Gabe is the same character basically in Silicon Valley, and he's a really funny actor. Um, so I have a, a greater appreciation for him. I feel like he's like a respect. testament to the acting quality of the show, where you physically actually kind of like hate people because. They're so good at, like, the role that they play. And Gabe is so perfect. Like, just <laughs> coming in with Saber and having no authority and nobody respects him. But he, I mean, I feel like we, again, he's a, a good example of somebody you you can pick out people in real life that you know. Uh-huh. Or Gabe. And is the there a character good. that you hate, Shannon? No, I can't think of one. I think Gabe would be the closest. I mean, okay, I will say 
Todd, Todd Packer is of probably course. like the worst ever, but of the main ensemble, like everybody has something that's a little bit endearing. Even Gabe, like he's just so insecure and like wants power so much and you just like can't <laughs> help but feel a little bit bad for him. And I couldn't live without having the image of that actor dressed as Lady Gaga for the Halloween <laughs> episode. Oh like, gosh, so, so grateful for that. He's, he has such great physicality to his comedy because he's so he's like Gumby, basically his Gangly. body type. Yeah, yeah. It took me a it took me a long time to like Dwight, and I know that is like that is not the majority opinion. I think most people think that Dwight is like one of the best characters, but I feel like he oh Rain Wilson. Though he got to, like, a an excellent, like, character, I think it took him a while. And he, oh, I, I feel like he overacted at the beginning. And it just, I always looked at it being, like, this character is acting, or this actor is acting this character. I could never see Dwight. And then, and then that kind of vanished and Dwight emerged as, like, what he became, which is endearing and complicated and multi-layered and hilarious. Um... But it took a while. One of the biggest disappointments of the show is that there initially was supposed to be a spinoff where Dwight was going to have his own show called The Farm that, like, just got stalled. So there is one episode towards the end called The Farm, which is the pilot of The Farm they made into an oh. office episode because they didn't, it didn't go both. Oh. Which one was that? It's called The Farm. I but think like, it's season eight or nine. Is it the one with Ryan? I know no, it's it's like Dwight. It's, it's got uh it's laid on and it's pretty much Rain Wilson and the guy who plays Moe's. and it's like this whole it's very strange. But and I would have loved if they had moved forward. Oh, I'm really glad the they didn't. I think that would have yeah, been I thought that was a spinoffs rarely do. There's also well. supposed to be a Jim and Pam spinoff. Ooh, yeah, I don't think I would watch any of those. No. But as far as I mean, I think there are a lot of characters that. Like, Dwight, to me, is not endearing. Angela's not endearing. Uh, Michael is very hateable. Like, I, I don't... Like, the characters... I'm not like, oh, I love these people. I'm like, this is... I don't like them, but they make me laugh so hard. That's what's... So here's my question, though. Would you... How would you feel about working for Michael Scott? Sarah and I have talked about this in a, in a, in a, in a manner of wondering what is worse <laughs> sorry for killing me <laughs> um i think i would actually love to tour for michael scott mostly because his you can fly so under the radar his yeah. his last concern is his the performance <laughs> of anyone in the company yeah. and i love a i love a job where you can fly like right under the radar and be like rewarded for something yeah, ridiculous. I used to think that I would like working for a Michael Scott, but I think I underestimated how much the incompetence of a manager would bother me, um, which is something I think we've probably all experienced at some point in our careers as working for somebody sure. who you believe could be, might be incompetent. So, but and when they rally against Michael that or get mad at Michael, that's why they say things like a turned over bucket, uh, like on a broom would do a better job than Michael. Like, a vacuum cleaner could do a better job than Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, and they resent the fact that he gets paid more than them and is so <laughs> terrible at his But I feel job. like Shannon and I were talking about this. The brilliance of that show is that they <clears throat> add, 
like just enough, just the tiniest amount of legitimacy to his character by like the Chili's episode with Tim Meadows yes. where he like brings the the sail in like as if he has this plan all along and he bring you know so like oh he potentially is like a good salesman or yeah. was a good. I'm trying salesman. to remember is his because I feel like in the British office David Brent like actually didn't perform well, but in the American version, Michael Scott. Is incompetent, but did prefer. Is that he's an incompetent manager? Or do I have he's it? Yeah, a poor leader, a really bad leader. Yeah, but he is good at sales. sales. I think he's like a tepid salesperson. I don't think that he's like stellar. And they never talk about how he like is number one. But he, you rise sure. to your highest. Like managers rise to their highest level of incompetence, and then you stall out, and he has risen to that place. Well, well he gets better. But to the show's credit, they like show him improving as a manager. In very small increments. Increments. Yes, there has to just be, like, something, because otherwise it just wouldn't be watchable. Yeah. And that's why I feel like when you said, you know, there's not a lot to, like, like about Michael Scott, I feel like they give you just enough to hold on, because you have to have something, some, like, connection of humanity to feel like you want to watch this character and not just laugh. He actually, to me, is endearing, even though there's so much that's wrong with him. Yes. He... It's just so sad and lonely, and you you can't help but think he's like a lost puppy the whole time. It's such good writing. It is really good writing. It's really good acting. It's really good directing. That Halloween, when he buys, or it's the Halloween episode, and they all get mad at him, and then he, the last scene, last shot is him giving candy to the kids who come to the door. Yep. It's like so, I mean, it's right right to the, right to the And like he's vulnerable, like I was laughing about how... (laughs) His and Jan's relationship, like oh she's God. basically sexually and emotionally abusive yes, to him. Yes. <laughs> you guys, can we please talk about the fact that I was told this to Shannon on the way into work today. I think that the dinner party is the funniest episode of what could be the funniest episode of TV of all time. Mindy Kaling wrote it. She did. I think so. Yeah. And so I would I would disagree, but <laughs> only <laughs> only to say that I think the Dundies one I picked. Is the funniest episode, but that is written by Mindy Kaling. Well, so she may just be a comic genius at this time. One of the is. funniest. Take the man out of that. Yeah. Oh, I was wrong. I don't know how her writing always is wrong. on the her current show. Okay, fine. Paul Feig. <laughs> Never seen that. Be, but do you have to be things. a genius all the time? Like, do famous painters always have to have amazing paintings every time, or can they just be a genius still and what have some questions? I mean. I just don't really like the mini project. Like, I just don't think it's well, that well written. So, All right. <laughs> I think she may be stalled. Um, I think that <laughs> one of the funniest people that I know, my friend Dan, was wholly like uninterested in the American version of The Office until he saw the Dundies, and until Phyllis got the Bushiest Beaver Award. That's just like what turns the tipping point. Yes, that was the tipping point for him. So that's where I started this last. So to the point about Michael Scott, like that's a great example. Another of him being endearing where he's like going to give Pam that awful award about longest engagement, but then he like has just the tiny, a teaspoon of humanity enough to give her whitest cats. Also, I feel God in this conference room today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, but to go back to the dinner party, because I really do want to talk about it. I know that it it is, like, such a good example of the ensemble, like, and what I realized when I was watching it. I never think of Jan as being funny, but she is 
so funny. Like, I just, she's well acted, and I think, I, you know, you just kind of hate her because she's Jan. But um, when she is dancing, <laughs> like, when she gets into the dancing and she, like, tries to get Jim to, like, dance with her, and the shirt and the three-hour, the, the whole candles is so funny. Uh-huh. And the awkwardness. <laughs> Jan, Jan and the candles is just fucking amazing. Yeah. I used our fuck. Oh! We're gonna have to explicit rating. Post production. (laughs) Weep that out. Yeah. Nope. Um, I mean, like, just the fact she walks in and hands it to Jim the candle and is like, "What does it smell like?" He's like, "Fire." She, in the most sensually way, says, "Bonfire." And then she's like, when she walks away, she's like, "Men love that one." It's like such a good throwaway line, but so good. She is. Oh man, she gets. I forgot how long she was on it. Again, since I haven't watched this in a long time, I felt like she was like a couple season character, but she really like spans the. That's where the American version of The Office, I think, outshines the British version. Just I mean, by coincidence of it lasting longer, is that they have time to tease out these characters and make them mm. like hilarious. I actually like the British format. I like I like two seasons and done. But I think The Office does a good job of like keeping it. You know, funny for seven or however many seasons, seven. but I think there's so many, so many shows that just go on forever and ever and ever. And usually by yeah. season three, it's not funny anymore. I think you're right that yes, the the two series, the two season format is good because you can go like real deep and real. Like it would be physically too uncomfortable to watch the British version of The Office for longer than it mm-hmm. was on. That like you can't you can't hold the joke yeah. that much longer because it's so much. It's so much edgier. It's so much like, like let's hold the uncomfortable feeling and like press it in and hold uh-huh. your face. And they in don't wrap it in a nice little bow at no. the end. Like you don't know what happens with the uh, love interest between. I think what, you, so? you do. do. You? Yeah. All right. Well, it doesn't work out, right? Does it not work out? No, it does work out. Yeah. Right. That's a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, no, it might have happened because they had t- they had the Christmas special that right. came out, and then they just had Dave Brent just has one that's on Netflix in February. It was like The Road Trip, which I haven't yeah. watched yet. But anyway, there's more yeah, in the there's air. More there's in the, more yes. in the air. Yeah. I like that. And this, <clears throat> The Office, even though it's like funny for, reliably funny for seven seasons, there are still like really funny things that happen in season eight and nine, mm-hmm. even though the writing does like drop drastically. And I think, I think that Steve Carell just was such a, like he was, he's clearly a leader, like, and I mean, is an actor, like he held that show together and it was a good focal point. Andy Bernard, Ed Helms, great actor, is just not as strong as Steve Carell. Like, they kind of position him. They have James Spader, and then they position him to be, like, the anchor, but... Oh, yeah. And the Nardog Nardog is is, just... He's one of my favorite characors, (laughs) but you're right. I don't don't think he's good as, like, the focal point. He's not a focal point. He is... I was just going to say, he is my biggest disappointment of the show. Uh, Now that I think about it. The way that they ended his character, like, they had those points where, like, they get him the tattoo, and then it's a nard dog. Like, they have, like, these moments where they rally together (laughs) around him, and you're like, okay, like, he is, he's got that endearing endearing piece, and then they just let his character, like, drop off, where he's, he starts dating the receptionist, Aaron, like, totally (laughs) just... Wait, what ends Leaves up happening that with relationship in shambles? He start he like go he has another breakdown and then starts trying out for like an American singing show. Like he's yep. basically American <laughs> Idol is the way that it ends things yep. with him. Such a disappointment. 
Speaking of characters, though, like if Andy was meant to be Steve Carell's replacement, Aaron, um, Ellie Kemper, as Pam, Jenna Fisher's replacement, I love that transition. I think Aaron is like so funny. Ellie Kemper is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that they they did have some really strong transitions. Mm -hmm. When she's answering the phone with Will Ferrell and Steve Carell talking to her and they're both telling her different things, (laughs) she answers the phone, she's just, I'm sorry, (laughs) and hangs up again. (laughs) That is is a literal LOL. Or when when she dumps Gabe just in front of everyone. Um, Magic. Yeah. Magic. She says, like, I'm not attracted to you anymore or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Pam gives her the advice to do it, like, discreetly and in private, (laughs) and she just does it in front of everyone in, like, the worst way possible. She was a good petition. What are you guys, were you guys invested in the will they or won't they of Pam and Jim at, like, the outset, or was that not, like, a draw to the show for you? The, like, first three seasons. Surprisingly, it was for me. Yeah. Same. More I, than I liked them way more in the beginning than I liked Pam and Jim at the end. Oh, yeah. they won't, won't they was the best part. Yeah. Um, totally. I mean, it's hard to say a best episode, but Casino Night, where he says he loves her, and then you're like, oh, this is a painful episode, and then the last 30 seconds he comes in and kisses her is is a magic moment in television. Yeah. Um, and then, But then you still have, like, seasons season. after that. He's got a shack up with Rashida Jones and like it just gets so, so much pretty just one full season after that before they get together yeah. together but then there's like then you have to wait for them to get married I feel yeah. like I was invested in their relationship until they got married I, I think they like nailed it in terms of just like that sort of the the when you're falling in love just how difficult it can be and they also do Small nuance, but I think they also do a really good job of, like, in, it's either eight or nine when, no, it's in the very last season, there's, like, a lot of strain on their relationship. Yeah, they and went to counseling. They're pretty, they're on, like, they could have separated, and I felt like that was, I don't know, it was a very interesting writing arc to be, like, she kind of falls for this other dude, and they're really strained a little bit when she falls in love with the cameraman. I'm not in love with yeah. him. Yeah. In yeah. like, like they have a flirtation connection. But here, I'm glad you brought this up, because Stephanie was saying, oh... Roy is so hot. And I'm like, what? Roy is hot? Okay. You I want, literally want... texted just those words. <laughs> I thought it was incompetence. No... <laughs> That's the last thing I text but... you. Um, no, I do think, I was, when you That's said... fine, but did you think, did you want him, did you want Pam to end up with Roy? No, or... yeah. no, I want to no. end up with Roy. Roy is super hot. Roy is kind of hunky at times. Yeah. There are like times. A, I like a big dumb guy. He's my type. Yeah, he's a cheeks, his baby face. Oh, I love everything about his looks. Shannon likes a ready cheek. <laughs> a beefcake. He's okay. He looks he's like fine. a dude you can go get burgers with any day of the week. It was and really a revelation in that I've watched this show so many times and never thought that. And then mm-hmm. last night I was um like kind of taken aback in a couple episodes. I think it's actually the one where where you come back from the summer break and they're not together and he's talking to the camera about how he wants to get, win her back. Um, so, like, he's maybe lost a little weight or something. He looks... I think he looks pretty hunky. That I think I... it was the best will they or won't they. Like, they did it the best of any show that I've ever watched because usually when they have a long, drawn-out relationship like that, it's like breaking up and getting back together and that kind of thing. Like, Ross and Rachel at the end, I didn't care at all. How I Met Your Mother, don't care. And Mindy oh. Project, actually, that was one of the problems with Mindy Project is they did that too soon. It's like they 
they, pacing is very important. The pacing is really important. Yeah. I am sort of just honestly very, um, I'm like already into a will they, won't they. Like as soon as it starts and you know, even in like the first season, I'm already invested. I just like that dynamic. Well, like, yeah. I also think I too. I liked, they set that up and then it fizzled, but I also liked the will they, won't they of Michael and Holly. Um, which I don't feel like is like it, because Jim and Pam is such like a prominent love story. I, like the will they won't they the episode where um, Holly has to move to New Hampshire and yeah. he's like gonna drive with her and they're like trying to with Daryl oh in the gosh. car. Like I, it's ridiculous, but you like feel for them because they're trying to put something together. So I also loved that. Yeah, I liked well that they did that. Like, I liked how they gave that to Michael, and it and it worked in a believable way. Obviously, far more than Jan. Also, the best exit strategy. Like, I was never going to be on board with Michael leaving the office ever, but for him to leave for Holly to like take care of her parents, like, you possible. can't be like, no, Michael, don't do that. You have to kind of be like, okay, I guess it's time for him to go. It's sweet in the pot for me, too, to have Will Ferrell come in at least for a couple episodes. Yes. It's actually pretty controversial. A lot of people thought it was indulgent. I read this about that because I was trying to find just videos of their, like, meeting before we actually watched it. Don't even get me started on other people's bad opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The moment where they meet at the hotel, I feel like is just, like, calm. I love it. Like, I love Will Ferrell and Steve Carell. Hilarious. It's so good. Yeah, when he, like, hugs them from behind. (laughs) Why do you have to be so dumb? And just the character, D'Angelo Vickers. I love the name. I love his fascination with the American Southwest. And he has all this, like, turquoise and all this stuff like that. I love the employee's fascination with impressing him. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, Daryl going out and buying, like, (laughs) having his sister bring him a full, like, cowboy outfit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, actually, one of the things I was um, interested in is Jenna Fisher said that she, um, there was like this big backlash to when, to, to in response to Pam gaining some confidence, that there was a lot of, especially, of was especially America. men. What? Wow. Yes. <laughs> didn't like confident Pam. They preferred her and there was all this like, which always, you know. Jenna Fisher is saying, like, made her so sad because she was so proud of the character for, like, really coming out of her little wallflower self. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's an interesting... I mean, I feel like Pam is a, a character who evolves. Mm-hmm. Not all of them evolve very much. One of the, It wasn't on the list of R5, but one of the episodes, because I, I started watching season, season 7. Season 7, after you chose that D'Angelo Vickers episode, is... Um, like the second or third episode of season seven, Pam is a saleswoman, and I watched the episode where she just decides that she's going to be office administrator, yes. and has Gabe like call her bluff and is like, "There's two ways to get a promotion. One is to apply for a job that exists and interview for that job and get that job. The other is to just decide that you're going to get a promotion." And she like makes this whole ruse up of getting everyone to sign, all the department heads to sign off, and tells Gabe like. My promotion papers got lost in the shuffle when before you came to the company, but I was promoted to administrative <laughs> assistance. And she's in the kitchen talking to Oscar, and she's he's like, "So office administrator," and she's like, "Yeah, I'm making about uh, uh, forty thousand dollars." He's like, hmm, "Okay, great." She's like, uh, "Maybe fifty thousand dollars," and he goes, "What? Forty-one? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's forty-one thousand five hundred." And she just decides her salary. She decides her job. Um, and, she, and Gabe questions her about it and is like, 
Uh, Pam, I think you... I couldn't find anything about this in the records. I looked everywhere. And she's like, directly tell me that I'm making it up. And he couldn't do it. And she's like, I got the job. (laughs) (laughs) But she's so ballsy in that episode. And like, what a shady thing to do is just to lie that you got this promotion and make a fake paper trail and decide your salary. And she made it happen. I love that Pam episode. I also love that she is the only one that joined Michael when he went to create his new paper company. I forgot about that. What about Ryan? Oh, sorry. Ryan... I, they you know recruited what? Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we'll say I think he is probably my least likable and least yeah. character in the office. He never really develops into anything great. I mean, all of his efforts were presumably in producing the show. Yeah. Right. Producer, right? Yeah, Novak. Yeah, he had a huge I influence on the Novak. show. Yeah. yeah. He, don't love Ryan. No, no, no. But I feel like just it was a I, apparently everybody else knew this, but it was a revelation to me that to- Toby was the showrunner, mm-hmm. and that he. Um, just was on like one episode he didn't want to do but then some like studio person was like that red haired guy like we, I want to see more of him like he's so good um, so he's not on any of the episodes that he was the showrunner of obviously oh. yeah he's like a just like a random replacement yeah Similar. and then actually he he was going to be the showrunner for the for the farm but didn't that didn't go so then he came back as something else for the show same with like you know and BJ Novak his name's like Paul Liebenstein and then Mindy Kaling all are like big contributors because they're the writers which I think maybe is part of why it's so genius is you have people straddling both the like acting and producing slash writing side a lot of the like I think Steve Carell and um, John Krasinski both directed episodes so does Jenna Fisher yeah so you get a lot of there's just a lot of involvement obviously they all really liked each other yeah team effort Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher are best friends in real life. Yes, I saw that. To this day, according to Instagram. Which and is always true. Angela yeah. auditioned for the role of Pam. Yes, and John Krasinski was auditioning for the role of Dwight and then said, I don't I wouldn't even take it. Like if it's not right for me. So if you who else there's like a lot of famous people who actually um, oh, and Bob Odenkirk was almost Michael Scott. Oh, they wow. have that one episode where he plays a different version of Michael Scott in a different office that Jenna or that Pam is um, interviewing or like visiting, wow. and she's like, "That was Michael Scott." I mean, it's pretty funny. Yeah, and I guess the the success of the Forty Year Old Virgin was like what resurrected the show after the first season because it was like maybe gonna be canceled maybe not and it's a bubble for sure Mm. yeah um the four-year-old virgin kind of pulled it i love michael scott but the people who don't like the office and they are out there tragically Mm -hmm. a lot of them say that the reason they don't like it is because michael scott makes them so uncomfortable and it's so cringeworthy to Mm. watch that i get the secondhand embarrassment outshines any comedic value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what I love about it is the awkwardness. That's like... That's why you like Scott British when, when we were talking about like what makes a show funny, <laughs> I think you two, you know, hit the nail on the head, but like part of that too, I think, is just like the awkward interactions and they're so funny. <laughs> what, um, one of my favorite like guest characters was Kathy Bates as Joe. Yeah. I, I like it's so it's weird. I love yeah. Kathy Bates. Um but she, she's such a was such a bizarre character and like, to be running Saber. Um I don't know, she just, That's a good question. Who are the best guest stars? Idris Elba. 
yes, that's right. Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they all try to impress him, they try, like, yeah. there's a half bagel. It's so funny to be like Scranton trying. I applied to University of Scranton as my like number one college that I was going to go to <laughs> randomly. Huh. Yeah, so I have spent time in Scranton. The campus was beautiful. It's a Jesuit school. I didn't know um, that. Because my dad lived in Pennsylvania um, when I was a senior in high school. Um, but yeah, like any time that Scranton is trying to like be cool and like impress outsiders. So Sarah's is Idris Elba yes. as Charles Minor. I will still stick with. Um, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates as Joe. I can't remember her last name. The like CEO of Saber. Who is the actress with the red hair that comes in for like? Oh my god, that's like, what mine is going to be. No, 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 no. no. Um, but I do like her. the one who is going to adopt. Um, she's she's British. <gasps> oh my god, yes, she is British. so funny. She is so. She good. also does like Nelly is her, the yeah. character's Nelly, name. Nelly. Oh my gosh, I love her in that. She and she has that episode where they're like trying to sell this like pyramid shaped tablet. That's yes. right. Oh my gosh, I love her. She is like amazing. <laughs> she brings that awkwardness back. I feel like the the awkwardness, like the pushing it too far and letting it sit there that Michael Scott did in the beginning years, yes. she brings that to the show. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of her. Oh, I no, loved it. So unbelievable. Henry. You, is your well, Will Ferrell? Well, I, I chose that one, so I guess I'll go with that. But I'm trying to remember who are the other guest stars. Uh, but I definitely loved, what's his name? Idris Elba? Idris Elba? Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, I don't even think I can answer it because all of those are the only ones I can think of right now. Um, oh, Amy Adams was on it. That was a surprise. I mean, that was, that was like, before. Forgot about that. That's her, like, I don't even know if she had done, like, Enchanted or any of her early movies but at that point but yeah hot look, pam pam hot 6.0 pam. oh my god this is what michael calls her in pam. front of pam <laughs> oh she sells god. her she sells her handbags in the conference room such a early 2000 things to yes do. now it would be like your lulu row yes. leggings yeah lulu row oh my god like a beach body shake or something <laughs> <laughs> um yes oh god what was i gonna say oh pam something about um I don't know what made me think about this, but they were also trying, I think it was Rashida Jones, because I was thinking of her being such a good, uh, I remember seeing her and being like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And then she's like, goes on to The Office, which was um, not connected, but they were trying to connect the two shows. Parks and Rec. I mean, sorry, Parks and Rec. They were trying to connect The Office and Parks and Rec, and they were going to have it be connected by like a... A uh, copy machine gets sent to Pawnee to be like repaired or something, and then it ends up in Leslie Nope's office, and that was like going to be the connection that they had. Oh, um, but they did not. <clears throat> and uh, Amy Poehler was going to be pulled on for something I can't remember, and they decided not to pull her on, and then they gave her like she was kind. Of, and we've talked about this. Like at the beginning, was Amy Poehler's character in Parks and Rec trying to sort of take something from Michael Scott's character? Yeah. Um, even though we decided they are pretty distinct. Yep. Um, and then they gave her Parks and Rock, which arguably is, I mean. If you're an Office fan, you probably best. love Parks and Rec. I hope that you do. Um, Everyone looks at Henry. <laughs> what? I love it. Do you I like it. it? Parks and Rec? Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay. We should do that at some point. We, we should. Um, what? So... Obviously, the, one of the things that makes Office most controversial is the last, the post-Michael Scott seasons. Um, 
I'm curious why you guys think that is, other than Michael Scott is gone. We've talked a little bit, but like, what do you hate or love about those seasons? Those of you who have seen them. I just think the show had a natural ending point, and this is like a fair criticism of American TV shows, is that they keep draw they they draw them out longer, and when a natural ending point presents itself, you should end the show. Like seven seasons was a is a perfectly long tenure. Mm-hmm. Stylistically, they go off-site they go out of the office a lot more in those seasons and I feel like like some of the backgrounds they're at a dump one time and Mm -hmm. it just looks like a green screen like it's very fake and I I think that the real feel of the show is what pulled me in Mm -hmm. and so going all of these different places going traveling to Florida and like all this stuff just didn't feel baptism yeah yeah Mm -hmm. who cares yeah I mean I almost, I, I feel like they could have ended the show at Jim and Pam's wedding, which would have been way early, but like, fine, we can go to season seven. Because um, I feel like you had the will they won't there was really cemented. But I do agree that it should have ended it when Steve Carell wanted to go. That would have made more sense. I also think that it starts to get, they complicated even more. Like there's the whole thing about Jim leaving and having two jobs. It just gets, it's too real almost. Not that, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. I think I just lost interest, but I guess a big part is just I just love Michael Scott, that character, and mm-hmm. Steve Carell. And maybe if they had brought someone on who's kind of like that, then... And James Spader's great, but it just... Uh, and parts of it were really funny, but he was kind of in and out, it seemed, and it just, uh, it just wasn't as funny anymore. Or if they had promoted Dwight right away to replace Jim, or uh, Michael, that could have been entertaining. Yep. Um, Did they ever bring uh, Ricky Gervais on to that show? He's got a couple of... Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. And he's, like, doing his... um... I would have watched if he had become the boss. That would have been hilarious. I think they they talked about it. He was producing it still at that point, (laughs) I think. Um, Well, we are almost at our our time. I guess we should... We did not pre-decide this, but we, as always, need to end our show with a... Do, don't, marry. Do, don't, marry. I feel like I should just nominate... Shannon Stewart to pick three characters. Shannon Stewart. <laughs> Let's call her at her new job. <laughs> Shannon Stewart, if you're listening to this, I'm thinking about you right now. Shannon Schlotzi. All right. So, um, let's see. I mean, we've got Jim, Dwight, <laughs> Michael. Okay. And Angela, Pam, Kelly. Kelly. Great. All right. Oh, man. Start with. Patrick. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do Michael. <laughs> I'm gonna do Michael Scott. I'm gonna dump um, Dwight, and I'm gonna marry Jim because who doesn't want to marry Jim? If any of you have a different answer other than marrying Jim, you're not humans that feel. Um, for I will, I'm gonna do Kelly Kapoor. I'm gonna dump. Angela and I'm going to marry Pam because again, why yeah, wouldn't you? These are pretty easy. Like, I was gonna say, ex- yeah, yeah ditto, exact answer. Mine too. I would change it to doing Angela and dumping Kelly because I think Kelly would get clingy afterwards. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair, self- I fair, fair, fair assessment. She was pregnant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelly Kapoor also. We didn't get to talk about her enough. She is. Comes Who's not on the list that you want on the list? For me, it's Rashida Jones. Oh, yes, Ryan. Oh. For me, it's Rashida Jones as well. Um, I mean, obviously, I just want to do and marry Roy. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair 
I love in the beginning <laughs> seasons where Michael has a weird crush on Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's weird that Jim's looking at me, but it's nothing compared to how Michael looks at me. He's like looking at him through the blinds. <laughs> when Ryan gets that Dundee and is like, what am I going to do with it? It's the least of my worries. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as we wrap up the show, I feel like we give all of our listeners a Dundee for joining us today. Um, Thanks for listening.